Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Should we do this any differently if we're planning on potentially using video? As long as the dogs are in the shot, I think we're good. Off shoes. That didn't work. Don't worry about it. Maybe edit that out. Hey there, I'm Chris. And I'm Lauren. And we are doing a second edition of Off Bites this week. A lot of off bites. We'll be back with regular episodes with Mike next week, including a look into changing drinking habits and also a chain restaurant renaissance. I'm excited about that. Some of our off besties, Rex and Bree, started a new project this week where they get out in Dallas to ask you questions. If you're in town, keep an eye out for them. You might even get featured on the show. It's called Out of Office. And we always want to hear from you, too. If you hear something you'd like or an offbeat story that you want us to research, please reach out. You can find us on Twitter. I'm LaurenBerry91. And our host, Mike Rogers, is at KRLD Mike Rogers. And I'm at Chris C. Blake on X, Lauren. Ooh. <laughs> and you can also email us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey.com. Our first story this week has to do with shark attacks. And if you're afraid of sharks, you should probably stay out of the water in Florida. It has been named the shark attack capital of the United States once again. According to a joint study by the Florida Museum of Natural History and the University of Florida, there were 120 interactions between shark and humans worldwide in 2023. 69 of those were unprovoked bites, meaning the shark likely misidentified a human as prey. That doesn't really comfort me at all. Another 22 were considered provoked, which just sounds dumb. Agreed. I don't think people should go out there provoking sharks. No. According to the data, the U.S. recorded the most unprovoked shark bites in 2023 with 36. That's 52% of such incidents worldwide. And as in previous years, Florida had more shark bites than any other state with 16 attacks. That's 44% of the U.S. total and 23% of unprovoked bites worldwide. That's followed by Hawaii, New York, North Carolina, South Carolina, California, and New Jersey. I'm comforted to hear that none happened along the Texas coast last year. I guess it's safe to assume that none of them happened in Lake Michigan. Yeah, probably not. Although wild things happen. Sometimes sometimes things end up here in uh, in Lake Michigan that you'd never expect. But yeah, I'm usually not worried about sharks when I'm in Lake Michigan. The data showed there were 14 confirmed shark-related fatalities last year. And despite Florida's number one ranking, none of those fatalities happened in the state. Only two were in the U.S. Those were in Hawaii and California. So one of the things that immediately sticks out to me is the place where we associate sharks with most in the U.S. is not on this list. And that's in Massachusetts off the coast of Cape Cod. Because of Jaws. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's true. Although I always forget Jaws was like in a northern climate because I always think of sharks like more associated with kind of tropical ocean water warmer water yeah have you seen this is completely off topic but it's been kind of trending because it's award season there is this clip of 
she's an Italian actress and model. I can't pronounce her name correctly. Her first name's Isabel, but it's like Elliot Gould, who people might know him as Monica and Ross's dad from Friends. But it's like him in the 70s or 80s. And he's like announcing it's probably the 80s because of Jaws. But so he's like announcing it. And then they're announcing the names of movies at this awards show. And then she says Jaws and she says it's so weird. She says it like, girl, <laughs> I, I have not seen that. Oh, it, go find it. Um, It makes me laugh every time. But getting back to the real sharks, you mentioned that there weren't any attacks in Texas. Didn't you do a podcast about shark attacks in Texas? We did. It was titled, What are the Odds of a Shark Attack Along the Texas Coast? And we published it last July. I actually talked to a guy who was bitten by a shark while he was out surfing near Corpus Christi. And it was what I think would be considered an unprovoked shark attack. He was just hanging mm -hmm. out on his board and he said he felt something sharp scrape across his calf, or I think it was yeah. his foot actually. And then that was it. It was just one bite. So I think it was also one of those instances where the shark sees something, comes to check out what it is and is like, eh, that doesn't taste that great and swims away. That's not a good testament for the, that man. Untasty foot. Um... In salt water. <laughs> In salt water. Well, I guess um, everything a shark eats is in salt water. True. I We should play a little, because that was like a good interview. We should play a little clip of that. Unfortunately for sharks, that's how they figure out what things are. They figure it out with their mouth, and their mouth just happens to be full of little razor blades. If you think about all the potential things that can happen to you out surfing, you're not going to go surfing. You know, you just kind of got to go with it and, and figure the odds are on your side most of the time. Also, I've learned from your show from that podcast, that it is a one in 3.7 million chance of um, being attacked by a shark in Texas. So good to know. While I was looking for stories that I've written about sharks, I also found one about two surfers being attacked by sharks at the same beach. I think it was a few weeks apart from each other. And then my favorite headline that I found of myself writing about sharks was, Florida men under investigation for beating shark with hammer. Now, I'd say if that shark attacked them, it would be provoked. Yes. However, I have a feeling that may not have been the case just because it happened in Florida. The shark, yeah, the shark might have had a shotgun or something. You never know in Florida. So I have to tell you, I'm not particularly afraid of shark attacks myself. I feel like, you know, I'm not in the ocean very often. I the odds of of being attacked by a shark are not high. How about you? No, not really. I'm probably only even in water where there could be a shark once or twice a year. Sometimes we drive down to the Texas coast for a weekend and we'll get in the water there. But you don't hear about a lot of sharks down there occasionally, but not anything like every other day or something. And like you mentioned, the odds are very, very small of being bitten by a shark. I went on a family vacation once to the Bahamas and they had the resort had like little pond features with just sharks hanging out in them. And at first I was like a kid. And I was like, that's so scary. But then you gotta you get used to it. They're just like little sharks everywhere. I feel like it desensitized the shark exposure for me. <laughs> and you probably realize that they're not going to jump out of the pond and attack you. Yeah, it's not a not a jaw jaws situation. Like no. they basically just stay there in the water. And they're kinda they're kinda cute. So our next story is actually from my friend Joe Heady on my uh on the national team with me. Um it's about Gen Z being 
more than twice as likely as anyone else to drive high. So in an effort to better understand marijuana usage among younger generations, the Colorado Department of Transportation examined how Gen Z interacted with the substance. From a survey, uh, they examined 944 randomly selected Colorado drivers who were age 18 to 24, and they found that those in that age range were really likely to consume cannabis compared to other generations. And according to the the data, Gen Z is also really likely to drive while stoned. Around 20% of those surveyed said they had driven within two hours of using cannabis at least once within the last month. So for a comparison, only 7% of older drivers in Colorado said the same thing. And Joe, who wrote this article, um, is a Gen Z. I'm not. Uh, I'm a millennial. But he said that this rings true to him, that his friends often drive high and they don't think it's a big deal. They're like, he's like, they'll say, of course I drive high, which is wild to me because it was not legal in as many places when I was like younger, when I was a teenager. And it definitely was seen as at least as bad as drinking to to drive high and maybe even a little bit worse because it wasn't legal. So like if you got pulled over and you were high, um, you were driving under the influence and you could like get arrested for an illegal substance. So yeah, I'm pretty surprised at this. But then again, because it's legal now and it doesn't really have the same reputation as drinking, I guess I understand it, but it was a shock to me. How about you, Chris? A little bit. And I think first and foremost, we just need to reiterate that this is just another thing that Gen Z is doing that we disagree with. We're just so bitter and old, aren't we? It's really depressing. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know the laws in each state. Like, I don't know. Is it similar to drinking to where if you have a certain level of marijuana in your system that it's legal, like how you can drive with a BAC of up to 0.08? That's a good question. I I used to know this for Illinois because I, I was like in local news when marijuana was legalized here. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I'm pretty sure that like you're not allowed to drive under the influence, and that includes cannabis. So. You know, you could still get uh, arrested for that if you're driving high or if you're driving on any substance, and even I, though it's recreationally legal, like it's the same thing as like, so is drinking, but you can't drive drunk. Yeah, it's like once the recreation starts, you should stay where you're at. Exactly. I know like in the beginning, there was like some tension over where people could actually use the legal marijuana. Like, did they have to stay at the dispensary? and smoke it there almost like a bar could they smoke it in their own home like that caused some issues for multi-tenant buildings you know like like if you're smoking it in your apartment your neighbors can smell it or you know claim they're getting high from it or something so i don't know where exactly they landed on that but i do know there was a little bit of tension if there was any state that did have an allowable amount of marijuana in your system i feel like it would be colorado yeah, Colorado or maybe California. There are some of the early adopters. So I maybe like it's just so, you know, they're so used to it. Um, the younger people in Colorado, like that people just smoke all the time. So wishing the best for Gen Z. I think, you know, if they want to maintain a little, a little buzz all day, that's up to them. But I think you shouldn't drive when you're under the influence. I agree. Sorry to be calm about it. My God. We're getting old. <laughs> We're getting old. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. If you're not old and you want to break up with somebody in an immature way, Pizza Hut has a great option for you to do that. They are introducing goodbye pies this week, and it will allow customers to order free Pizza Hut delivery to the address of an ex-lover. From now until Valentine's Day, customers can get a hot honey pizza for delivery to their long gone or soon to be ex's home at goodbyepies.com. They're also letting the future exes personalize the pies as they order, giving the option to write a customized message to their ex on the delivery box. Pizza Hut cited a YouGov poll that found 45% of people believe it's best to end doomed relationships before Valentine's Day. So that is why Pizza Hut is running this promotion in advance. It's also to promote a new product because why not? Hot honey pizza and hot honey wings. And Lauren, you are in luck. The three cities in which Pizza Hut is rolling this out is Miami, New York, and Chicago. Oh my God. This I hate this so much. <laughs> this make it hurts my feelings. Um, I gotta say though, the hot honey pizza sounds lit. That sounds delicious. And the hot honey wings, those so they both sound really good. And Pizza Hut is definitely a guilty pleasure for me. I just had it like a few weeks ago. And it was great. I would not like to be broken up with it, though. That would kill me. I don't think I would either. <laughs> However, I do find this promotion to be hilarious. The same. It also hurts me. I uh, I feel so bad for all these people that are going to be broken up with with pizza. I feel like it's not the most considerate move to send it to someone you've already broken up with. However, if you feel like you were wronged in a relationship and you're planning to break up with the person anyway, I could see that being a useful scenario for these. But it's also like it's too nice because like pizza, it's too nice and too mean at the same time. Like I can't I wouldn't want to break up with someone this meanly and then also give them pizza. I'd want pizza for myself. I would rather spend money to buy myself Pizza Hut, you know? Maybe you get it delivered to yourself because it is free. You can still get the mean message put on it, take a picture of it, text it to them, and then you can eat the pizza yourself. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, Blake. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not going to break up with her uh, with a pizza or break up with her at all. So no. we're good. if you ordered one, what would you have written on it in pepperonis? Oh, my God. I um. I wouldn't do this to anybody. I can't think of like an ex that I would want to do this to. Let me think. I don't know. I'm still thinking. How about you? Do you, you, since you asked the question, maybe you have someone in mind that you think deserves uh, this pizza. No, no one in mind. Plus I've been with my wife for 10 years. We've only been married for one, but hmm. there's nobody recent enough to make it worthwhile anyways. But if I yeah. was going to do this, I'm sure one of the two words, because I doubt you can fit that many. One of the two words yeah. would probably be of the four-letter variety. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't know what the second one would be. You can get creative. Yeah. Oh, God. I feel like this is causing you anxiety. It is. It's giving me anxiety. From the moment I saw this headline, I'm like, oh, that hurts my feelings. It does remind me, though, of this because I was thinking, like, maybe I would just want a shape of something, you know, maybe something a little bit of a crude thing. So one last thing on this. And this is a story that we posted at KRLD yesterday. The Fort Worth Zoo is offering something similar. It says for $10, they will symbolically dedicate a pound of zoo poo in the name of whoever you would like. Oh, my God. Okay, but they don't send them the poo. No, it's just dedicated. Okay, I like that better than the pizza because I don't I don't want someone I don't hate anybody enough for them to have to always associate a breakup with pizza. I love pizza. Like that's sacred to me. I feel like people should be able to have that be comforted by pizza. The dedication of the poo, I'm into it. I could think of some people from my past that I would like to do that too. And the zoo adds that you're not just naming a pound of poo for someone. You're also contributing to caring for their animals. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm really into the zoo one. The pizza one hurts my feelings. The zoo one, thumbs up. We're going to pivot from zoo poo to the baby food diet. Seems kind of fitting. So we've talked about fad diets before, um, but this headline that you you picked, Chris, about the baby food diet trend definitely piqued my interest. I'm like, what does that mean? It sounds gross. And it's coming while people have been rapidly losing weight with drugs like Ozempic and Wagovi. Um, but that's like, you have to go to the doctor, you have to give yourself shots. Is there an easier way to lose weight? And people have found it with, I guess, baby food. It says here that it's currently sweeping social media. Some people are calling it the secret to, you know, them losing weight. There are a few variations of it, um, but it generally consists of replacing breakfast, lunch, and snacks with pureed baby food. Um, Then you can have a normal dinner, though. And it says that it's based on the idea that eating small jars of baby food will restrict calorie intake and, like, lead to really quick weight loss. The diet gained popularity actually a while ago, more than 10 years ago in 2010. Um, And back then it was rumored that Jennifer Aniston used the regime to lose seven pounds in one week. Um, And it was reported that uh, her personal trainer, Tracy Anderson, created the plan. But she said in an interview um, that it was more about pureed foods. I'm not sure if it is, is exactly like the baby food you see in jars at the grocery store. It's it seems like maybe those foods were a bit more appetizing than that because although I would like to lose some of the weight I gained during the pandemic replacing my meals with baby food I don't think I care that much about losing weight but it is considered to be a cleanse and you don't have to do it for a long time just like a few days before you get into a more long-term fitness and diet plan but there is also, not just for me, from experts, there is a little bit of pushback on this. They say that it's probably best to leave baby food for babies. Um, if you want to do your own type of cleanse with pureed food, um, I think it's probably better for you to just do that yourself with a food processor or something. I'm bad in the kitchen, so I don't know exactly how that would work out. So, yeah. What do you think about this, Chris? Would you 
replace eating normal food with baby food? I would not. <laughs> yeah, I doesn't do it for me. No, the closest I ever come, and it's really not that close at all, is I used to make smoothies a lot for breakfast mm. or lunch because it's something you can kind of eat on the go and still fill up while you're driving somewhere or whatever. I actually should get back in the habit of doing that because they're also good. I kind of want a smoothie right now. But even if it wasn't baby food, I don't think I'd want to go throw a bunch of vegetables in a food processor and just drink it. That does not sound appetizing. I'd rather just eat the salad than drink it. Agreed. Like I've I've seen this on social media before where it's like, it's a video and it looks like someone is making a, I love salad. It looks like someone's making a really great salad and then they like blend it all up. And I'm like, why? Like, just eat the salad. I feel like it's better. I don't know. Maybe they think it's better for digestion or something. It like digests faster. I don't know. And I think you're probably right. Also, given that Jennifer Aniston probably has more money than 99.9% of the population, I doubt she was just drinking or eating jarred baby food. I'm sure it was some concoction put together by a personal chef. Yeah, exactly. And I think like that at that point, it's probably more like smoothies. Like there was this smoothie shop here in the Chicago area, like on the the North Shore, which is very fancy, where they would put like it would be like a whole salad in a in a smoothie that looked delicious. But also it was like $14 for the smoothie. And I'm like, at that rate, I'm just going to get like chicken or like, I don't know, like real protein or something. Salads have gotten expensive, though. That's true. But I make I make salads at home a lot, and like you could you don't have to Costco chicken, you know you can make a inexpensive salad. I mean I don't have a baby. I haven't seen baby food in a long time. But the last time I uh, laid my eyes on it, it did not look good to eat. Me neither. And I feel like people with kids hate it when people without kids do this. But we've had to feed our dogs like Aww. pumpkin puree every once in a while if they're. <laughs> if they're not feeling great or if we think that their stomachs are hurting them and that does not look good at all. They love Mm-mm. it. Though. Oh, I knew it was someone who had to feed their dog. Um, oh my God. What was it? Hens Chick- or something like that? Like, what? <laughs> like duck. Sorry. Only duck. That sounds expensive. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> my best friend does call, I love Chipotle like the, the burrito bowl, but she does call that baby food for adults because it's kind of just like a bunch of mushed up food. And I agree with her and I love it. Not a critique of Chipotle. It is delicious and baby food for adults. I don't know. I don't think it's baby food for adults. I like the bowl too at Chipotle more than the burrito. That's like saying anything mixed up is baby food for adults, like any sort of casserole or like omelet or anything like that would be baby food. I guess that's true. I think it probably depends on also what you get in it. And how much you mix it up to make it look disgusting. Yeah, exactly. I feel like if you get like, if you get real, if you get like steak in it and salsa, which is how I like to get it, it's a little bit less like baby food. If it's just like a bowl full of like avocados and corn, mm, a little bit baby food and beans. A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Get a protein and get the lettuce to make it look less like baby food. 
Exactly. And put a lot of, if you put a lot of salsa in there, you know, you feel like a grown up, like a, a real adult that can handle spicy food. Yeah. Babies can't eat Not spicy food. Take that, babies. <laughs> yeah. Take that, babies. Okay. There is a really cute TikTok video of a baby eating a jalapeno. Have you seen that? I don't, I don't know, know why I keep asking you about social media. It's a really good <laughs> strategy to reference visual things in an audio medium. Isn't it? I'm just such a genius. Um, <laughs> Uh, but maybe if we, if we use this footage for TikTok and then I can, can I like quote them? I don't know how to use TikTok. I need help. Gen Z, get stoned and help me, please. Well, I don't think the baby food diet will be a part of our next episode, but we are talking about other wellness trends, including the fact that Americans are drinking less beer than they have at any point in the last 20 years. We'll put that to the test on Sunday during the Super Bowl. I am planning on skipping the beer, so I'll be going along with that trend. Um, and I might record myself saying some uh, dumb stuff at the Super Bowl. You guys might be able to enjoy that on an upcoming Off Bites. Thank you guys for listening to this episode and have a great weekend. Have a great time watching the Super Bowl. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 